Hello and welcome back to another episode of Practical Parenting. This week we sat down with Zach Fleming. Zach is the campus pastor of Central Christian College in Kansas. Zach shared with us his unique perspective on students post high school and what we as parents can do to better set up our students for success once they leave our house. As always, if you find this podcast helpful, would you consider subscribing and also passing it along to other parents who also want to make the most of their parenting? Okay, here we go with episode three of Practical Parenting. Well, here we are again for another episode, and and I'm thrilled, actually. On this episode, we have uh, Zach Fleming. Now, Zach, Zach, you do a number of things, one of which is you are the campus pastor of Central Christian Church, or I'm sorry, Central Christian College. Yeah, college. Not a college church. in yeah. Kansas. Yes. Um, man, on our first conversation, uh, that was one of the things that you had to clarify for me. Because when I heard that you were a campus pastor, I think I immediately thought that you were like in a church with a, with, with uh, multi-campuses and you were one of those campus pastors. Yeah, I think my exact words were, I'm sorry for the letdown. Like you thought you were talking you to a, like a multi-site pastor. I was like, no, 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 no. no I'm the other kind of campus pastor. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember right, I told you, no, 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 you just went up a notch. Yeah. Because... If anybody's on the front lines, my man, it is, oh my gosh, it is the a pastor on a college university or, or college or university. Yeah, it's, it, man, it's a different animal. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is a ministry rich environment. Like the, the harvest is ripe for sure. Oh, I bet. Oh my yeah. gosh. And, and so- yeah, I could just play in that space, man, and just be like, man, tell me what that's like and the conversations you can have and, and the and the really the the way that you can push thought around discipleship and the way that you can and and, and encourage people to move into spaces real time. But so we won't go there because we are we're trying to um create something for parents to be sure. able to yeah. motivate them and resource them to um be better leaders. Uh, and, and make disciples and, uh, of their children, right? And so, um, but before we get into that, Zach, I, mm. I mean, I feel like I've just, you do wear multiple hats and I think I've I just kind of tipped one, right? You are the, um, you're the campus pastor there at uh, Central College there in Kansas, but also tell me, tell us what else you do. Yeah, so I, uh, so in addition to being a campus pastor, um, I also serve the Free Methodist Church at the national mm-hmm. level. Um, I am the director of FM Infuse, so that's like the the youth ministry wing um, for okay. for our particular denomination. Um, and then I'm a volunteer youth worker um, at a small church plant that's only a couple years old. So my wife and I do that together. Um, we serve middle school and high school students um, at our local church. Yeah, you do. You are busy. I, you know, I am. So I'll tell you before I, before I took this gig that I have now, um, mm-hmm. I was a full-time vocational youth worker in this community um, for 15 years before I transitioned into the campus ministry job that I'm doing now. So it like, it's sort of in my bones. Like I don't know how to not do it. Yeah. 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 And I'm glad you brought that up that you've, mm-hmm. so you've been in the same community for 15 plus years. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and so which which leads us to really the conversation I want to have with you today about um, in, in past episodes, we've talked about how 
how parents are in this unique position, right? That they have yeah. their children. Um, they, they have they they have all the FaceTime with their children, right? When you break it down and as much time as they're with maybe a coach or a teacher or on their own or in their room, uh, you know, when you say the FaceTime that they have with their parents, it's pretty high up there. I don't know of anybody else who has more FaceTime with my with my children, especially mm. my my daughter, than I do, right? Mm. She's seven. I feel yes. like my 17-year-old, yeah. right. he's, he's out. He's out in them streets. He's no... <laughs> But I mean, right, he's got a car now. He's blessed yep. to, to oh, yeah. be out driving and things like yeah. that, right? So there's more freedom and autonomy. But but when we're talking about like with my seven-year-old daughter, I mean, mm. like, she's with us, right? When we drop her off at school, uh, you know, minus that or the times that she's at church or practice and et cetera, she's with us. Yeah. And so and so in this episode, man, I'd love to talk about um, – not just identifying that. I don't think that's anything new for parents to, to right. realize, or at least there's no pushback on that. But on this episode, and thank you for joining us, I want us to talk about how do we leverage that? It's one thing to have it, but I mean, how do we leverage that? And so for you to say you've been in a community for the past 15 years, um, and now you're serving in this capacity, still in the same community, yep. um, you have you've had to find a way to leverage that. Sure. You know I mean? And so that's the wisdom that I want to. Sure. Yeah. So I, so as I've been reflecting on this and, and, and thinking about that, I would, I would say for me, there's this natural, there's a natural reality a natural truth for better or for worse that I think longevity and relationships are connected. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are like before, before. So for me here, I live in McPherson, Kansas, I went to college here. I got my first youth ministry job here. I'm now serving um, at a college. So, so it's been this community for yeah. actually, if you add it up for over 20 years and before I ever did uh, vocational ministry, I, I was a server at a local restaurant. Um, I slung coffee. I was a barista at a local coffee shop before yeah, I were. ever, before I ever did any sort of voc- So you meet, hmm people and we're in a smaller community there's 15,000 people in this community so it's small town life really um but i i live with the belief that those who are called into ministry that you're not just called to a church but you're called to a community and mm-hmm. and i think that that's huge that you're like oh this mission field isn't just for me as a youth worker it wasn't just whatever church hired me like i was i was called to this community and so I'm I'm living out of that truth, I, if yeah. that if that makes sense. It does. No, it does. Um, so I don't want to just ask you. Okay, how, how does a parent capitalize on on the consistency? Can we back up even from that question? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. How important is consistency? Um, do you need consistency? to make disciples? Do you need consistency to leverage being a disciple? You know what I mean? Like, are you asking me as a that. pastor or as a parent? Like which side <laughs> of the coin am I answering I, here? I'm Cause one side you. makes me feel really guilty. Like we can like talk about how convicted I feel like as mm. a parent. Um, but I can like preach at you like a youth worker would like, what do you, what do you want right now? <laughs> no, I, I'm talking to Zach Fleming, the father. Like, yeah. Like so, what is, yeah. Talk to me about consistency. So like, listen, like, I, first of all, like I'm in it, like I'm a parent myself. Um, mm-hmm. We have three kids, teenagers, preteens. Our kids are 15, 13, and 12. Like, so we're living it, man. Like we got, 
one that's finishing up elementary school, one in middle school, and one that's just starting high school. So like, oh man, I'm probably a way better youth worker now than I was before I had kids. Like, as when you're a youth worker without kids, you don't know. Like, you're just you like, parent. You don't. So, but now, man, there's a whole different level of oh my gosh, it. Mm-hmm. There's things that I would never do now that I did then, or or vice versa. Um, I think, I think for me. I think that the, what you said is true to be reminded again and again and again, that as a parent, you are the most consistent relationship in the life of your kids. And if, so if I know that's true, then what that means is that what I do consistently matters. Like if I know that I'm the most consistent, like what, so what I do matters. And I think that for parents, just like youth workers, I think it's both caught and taught, right? So like my kids pick up on things sometimes whether I want them to or not, and that can work in my favor or it can work to my detriment, like as a parent, and we all have those moments. Um, But so for my wife and I, knowing that we are consistent and intentionally involving our kids in faith conversations. Um, Okay. we're, We're also consistent uh, my kids are consistently seeing my wife and I uh, engage in our own personal study and devotional time. Um, we're consistent in elevating the importance of being connected to a faith community. Um, so mm-hmm. for for our kids, and especially this season, the last few years, I transitioned out of a ministry position that I'd held for 15 years, stepping out of ministry at a local church to doing something that was a really hard season to figure out what's it look like um to lead my family well like i i can't I, there should be a season where i'm not attending this place that i've just been serving at but what do, like my my kids need that stability like what are they doing it was it was really really tough yeah but knowing that your kids pay attention and you're communi- communicating things with your consistency i think we saw that a lot in the pandemic i think that you saw families where church wasn't is no longer consistent because it was so upended for so long that they just didn't come back yeah yeah they just fell out of those rhythms yeah and and i don't know that their their heart posture changed right Right. so it speaks to the power of consistency right Right. who am i to say that a person's heart posture changed so i'll give you an example and this was so our community is, we're a sports community. Um, okay. And when my son was fourth grade, fifth grade, um, it became pretty clear. We'd done like rec league soccer. And I was like, all right, this kid, like he's naturally athletic somehow. I don't know. It's not for me. It's not for my wife. Um, but like the kid could play. And so we signed him up for that next level, which was club soccer. That's where you pay. You've got to pay for mm-hmm. everything and they travel and play these games. And so we sign him up. He's practicing with this team and we get this game schedule and all of the games, every single game was on a Sunday morning. And so I went to the coach of this, this rec league and I said, Hey, help me understand, like, listen, listen for our family. And at the time I was still working at the church. I was like, look, church is sort of for our family it's a priority so help me understand they're like oh well a lot of these kids do traveling club football and they play on saturdays and so in order to let these kids do both football and soccer and not make them choose we have to schedule all of our games on sundays i'm like oh i was like well i'm really sorry but 
I don't think our son will be able to participate because mm-hmm. again, churches are and and you that coach looked at me like I had seven heads. Like he was just like, "What do you? What do that, you? Yeah, like, that you were like, willing it was, to walk away from that for church." For our son, there was a conversation and an, like, and he wasn't. I mean, he was a little bummed, but he was like, "Oh, okay." And this was like early on, like before we ever got into like you got to do the club teams if you want to make varsity, like sort of that that world that youth workers and parents live in with yeah. with athletics. Before we even got there, we as a family were like, no, we're we're going to hold these boundaries um, and we're going to try to be consistent in this. Um, even all those other things that, you know, you get to the end of the day, sometimes as a parent, you're like, oh, I sucked today or I blew it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder how many, because even as you say that, my wife and I had a similar conversation with our son that, um, you know, he's playing on, he's playing sports, he's playing soccer, actually. Yeah. And, and yeah, just similar to your story, they asked, you know, him to join a, a travel team and blah, blah, blah. My wife growing up, she was on a travel team, soccer is their thing. Um, but we had to sit him down and say, man, and as excited as you are, no, we can't do that. And the reason we can't do that now, granted, I, I like you, I worked at a church, yeah. but we're like, we, it, for my wife and I, it was like, man, what message are we sending to him? Yep. If we're yeah. saying that, yeah. um, yeah. we are willing to allow you to, to, to skip church, to go mm-hmm. play yep. a sport. It, it doesn't yeah. matter how important you think it is and, and how much we love watching you play. Yeah. We didn't feel like for us, it was worth sending that, yeah. that message. Um, yeah, I, I think consistency consistency matters. Um, it does, and, and we we've tried to we're we're trying our best, man. Like we're in the trenches with every other parent, and we're just trying our best to to love Jesus and love our kids and point them to Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, that leads me kind of to my next question here, where we want to be consistent. We want to have we want to have um, well. The, I feel like our relationships with our kids are just inherently consistent. Mm, yes. I think we want to be consistent also with our message. Mm. And maybe that's, maybe that is the answer to the question. But my question is because I understand that relationships and influence are two different things. Mm. Right. Mm. And, and I don't want to just try to sell a parent to say that, man, just because you have relationship with your child, um, mm. uh, especially those of us who have teenagers, we already know that just because we have relationship uh, or those of us who have teenagers, we know that because we have relationship with our child doesn't mean that we have influence with Mm -hmm. them. And and really influence is what we want. I think influence is the product of our consistent relationship that we have, right? If if that makes sense. And so Zach, how would you, how would you put it? What would you say to a parent who's trying to, who recognizes the relationship that they have with their child, but they're saying, man, it's not influence though. Um, how can a parent leverage that relationship that they do have and, and turn that into influence? Sure. And again, I just want to start by, by saying, I don't know. I, I don't want you to think that I'm not wrestling with this in the trenches like every other parent. That's good. Um, so I, I, I want to start there. I want to start from a place of, I'm also looking for podcasts like this one and reading books on parenting and, and, and going, Oh my gosh, high school is different than middle school. Having a high schooler is not the same. I, what, what, what do I do now? Um, and my wife always jokes with me when we're in the midst of these sorts of things, she'll be like, you're the, you're the youth worker. 
They're like, yeah. you're supposed to know this. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, man, it is different when it's your own kids. Like for it some, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but it just is. It's different. What And the number of times where she's been like, what did we do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't re- pray. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's what I would say as we look at the difference between rate relationships and influence. The reality is, is relationally, I'm a father and my kids are my kids. And, and that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily, that means that, like you said, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have any sort of influence over them. Um, I have to work um, for that. And so as somebody who's been a youth worker for, for over 20 years, I actually really appreciate um, the intentionality of things like the orange model. Um, if you're okay. familiar with the the orange movement, not necessarily their curriculum, but their model, I really appreciate the the partnership of church and family um, together for for better mm-hmm. discipleship. And one of the things that I love that the orange model teaches, as far as parents are concerned, is okay. being intentional and leveraging different times of day. And that's something yeah. that my yeah, wife yeah. and I have tried to do with our kids. Right. So you have. You have meal time. Um, you have what they okay. call drive time. So drive time okay. is like anytime you're in the car with your kid. And I've, man, drive time, my 15-year-old son and I have had some of the best conversations in the car simply because we're not making eye contact, right? You're both mm-hmm. staring straight ahead. You're driving somewhere. And for me to like help him process things that are going on, um, they also talk about the importance of what are your bedtime rhythms, Um, And then what are your morning time rhythms? Like, I'll be honest, like the worst hour of my day is probably seven to eight a.m. It's trying to get three kids out the door yeah, and having to mentally remind myself that I want to send them to school with like positive Holy Spirit encouragement and not a frustrated parent who's like, dude, I just told you 17 times to pack your lunch. I don't understand why you're not like. Like, how do yeah. I intentionally as a parent remember that, like, look, the best thing I can do, especially for my girls, is send them out the door with words of affirmation and words of encouragement. Um, our good. mantra has been remember who you are, like remember who you are in the eyes of God, that you're a child of God. Remember what you're called to and know that you're loved. So like the, before they leave, um, we're trying and do we do it every day? No. Do we get frustrated? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, but. Our intention is using mm-hmm. these times um, to speak hope and speak truth to our kids. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. No, it, it it does. Explain to me for 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 the the listeners the difference yeah. between um, because I heard you say it, but I just want to yeah. want to double back and make sure everyone heard you say it. The difference between the orange curriculum, what did you say, and the orange their their model of ministry and their curriculum. Their model I don't, of ministry. I, I really, and their curriculum is fine. Right, right. I don't want to upset well, all of our growth. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm being really like, careful. No, I don't need, here. I don't, I was just at a conference and I ended up sitting next to the CEO of Orange and I'm like, oh, that'd be super awkward if I'm like, then like, try. no, 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 no. That's fine. But yep. what I really appreciate is their model and their model of ministry, their philosophy, their strategy yeah. says that if you can help put the church and the family on the same page, going the same direction that you're going to have um, more powerful opportunities for discipleship instead of the family and the church going opposite directions or competing with one another. 
um, that we move in the same direction. They were one of the first to to acknowledge what we've been saying, the reality that you as a local youth worker, I would get to influence the life of a kid, what, maybe two hours a week, maybe, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to parents who are in the lives of that kid, how many hours a week? And that it's not even close when you look at youth workers and you look at parents who has right. the more most relational capital there. Um, yep. and, and I think the orange philosophy, the orange strategy was the first to say, if that's true, then how do we help the church and the family move in the same direction? Which makes sense. I think the more times you say something, mm, the yeah. higher the chance of retention, right? Yes. So if yes. a parent could say something seven times yep. and, a, and a youth pastor can say something, you know, three times, why not yeah. combine it? And, and now you've said something 10 times yeah. uh, versus like you said, having them go in a different direction. So, I mean, I don't want to say in theory, but it makes sense. And I would say it's theoretical yeah. for those who've never really given it a try, but it makes sense. The more you can say something, there it is again, consistently to, to a child, especially if it's words of affirmation. I would also say this, and this is something that I became, that I'm very passionate about as I, I have an opportunity in my role here on campus. Um, I'm also, I, I'm a professor and I teach undergrad students uh, ministry courses, mm -hmm. specifically youth ministry. And this is something that I'm really passionate about with my students, especially as you look at helping parents leverage their influence. And this is a word for youth workers. So I don't, I know there's a parent podcast, but I just want to, this is for youth workers because mm -hmm. if youth workers aren't careful, there are moments when they can undermine the relational opportunities, the influential opportunities that parents have with their kids. And yeah. here's an example that I'll give from when I was a youth worker. I had a kid who came up. I mean, he was just hungry, man. He had just said yes to Jesus a little while ago. He was coming up to me asking all of these questions. And part of you as a youth worker, it feels good when students are asking you questions. When they want to come to you and wanting to know more about Jesus, church, God, Bible, whatever it is, it Dude, it does something to your youth it worker does. It ego you and, yeah, it and you like it, but the reality and what I began to experience and what I began to do, especially with this kid, um, his name was John. And I was like, like, he'd be like, Pastor Zach, I want to like, I've been wrestling with the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to understand. And I was like, dude, John, that's such a good question. Have you asked your mom and dad about that rather mm -hmm. than going right to answering his question? push him back to his parents, the primary spiritual influence in the life of a, a life of a mm -hmm. child anyway. And then right after he left me, I called mom and dad, yo, heads up, John's on his way to ask you about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me give you everything I've got on the Holy Spirit in the next, I don't want to like, like surprise mom and dad. So they're deer in the headlights, right. but I want to give them the opportunity to have the relational influence in the life of their own kid and not That's steal good. that from them That's as good. a youth worker. Yeah. So the situations yeah, yeah. where that worked, I would do it. I mean, it, that's not every kid, but for those specific kids, um, it, it was a good reminder to me of what my role is as a youth worker and what the parents role is. Yeah. And so, well, well thank you for bringing that up. I mean, the, yes, this podcast is for parents, but it's also for pastors yeah. as well, because I think that, yeah. that, not only do parents need to hear this shift, mm. because there's a shift that needs to take place. Not only do parents need to hear this shift, but I think pastors as well. Because I don't, what I would hate is that you get a parent who's all on fire for 
taking the lead yeah. in their child's yeah. life as their as the spiritual shepherd, and, yeah. and they have to wrestle the staff yeah. out of the hand of the pastor. Yeah, and like yes. what if you know what I'm saying? The pastor's like, "No, it's me," and they're like, yeah. "No, trust me, it's yeah. me." Sure. And so I think as many pastors as well who could hear this podcast feel resourced as well, um, but but also aid in that shift and, yeah. and hand that staff over, yeah. you know, with this podcast to say, man, I, I want to resource you like the example you gave and, you know, they want to resource you as well and the better. Um, so let's take a hard shift here. Yeah. And because you are in the position that not many of us are in, you know, as a parent, we right scripture says raise a child in the way this should go mm. uh, we hope that what we're doing the influence that we have with our children uh is making a difference we hope that the times we spend in the word and the times that we spend praying scripture over them we hope the times that they've spent in the christian communities um that that we've set them up to be in we hope all of those things create in them something that for lack of a better term, withstands the test of time, right? Mm -hmm. And we send them off into the world, uh, in many cases, into these higher learning institutions. And we hope that that what what has been instilled in them, mm -hmm. um, that they remain in. But you, Zach, you're in a position to actually get to see that in practice, yeah. right? And, and so, yeah. um, you know, I just want to ask you some questions to that end sure. to, have you, to have you speak to that. Um, so I guess first, what do you see students doing the most? And I know your context is your context, but, but I think for, for every, you know, college campus, I mean, it's not like there aren't students doing the exact same thing on so right. many other college right. campuses. Right. right. So what do you see, um, college students doing the most that when you see it, you think, man, that was something that must be inherited that they must have inherited from their parents, right? That that's something that was instilled in them, whether it be their love for scripture or the fact that they couldn't wait to shed it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you seeing in your yeah. in your time so, with students? Yeah. So I love this question, and it has been, man, it's been the hardest question to to wrap my mind around for various reasons. Really? Here's here's what I'll say. Way back almost, gosh, 20 years ago in 2010, um, Christian Smith wrote a book called Soul Searching. Um, and he okay. talked about, here's the state of, um, we're going to, we're going to interview teenagers in North America and here's the state of religion. Um, it was Christian, it was Mormonism. It was, it was essentially okay. just religious devotion. And what he found way back in 2010 he essentially, his research said, we th we are seeing in teenagers that you get what you are. So if you want a kid who prays and reads their Bible, they learn how to do that when they see their parents pray and read the Bible. That by and large, you get what you are. And I would say in 2023, 2024, we're still seeing that. That's really? been our biggest observation is if you want to, you look at the spiritual maturity of students by and large, the spiritual maturity of students is matching the spiritual maturity of the family that they're coming from. So we see, we see students who are like some of our students who are like quick to be driven by emotion. They have a hard time hearing other points of view and 
And then we talked to their parents and we're like, oh, well, that all makes, makes sense because their parents yeah. are super emotional and they have a hard time hearing other points mm. of view. Um, what's been really interesting, <laughs> I had, I don't even know. So we, we talk a lot. I think the millennial generation, the generation that came before this, we struggled with uh, helicopter parents, right? Yeah. Especially as youth workers, mm-hmm. you'd have just parents that were just like kind of hovering, kind of there, didn't want to let like... It's not necessarily helicopter parents anymore. And now it's what we would call lawnmower parents. Like they mow down, they mow down obstacles. So their kids won't have to experience the obstacles in the first place. Like Uh, they, they pave a way. And the problem is that the students know it. They know, hmm. oh, my dad will take care of this. My mom will take care of this. And it is, I had a student in a class that I was teaching and there was a final project and the student's dad called me to ask for an extension on her daughter's project. I didn't even like it. Ju- it took me a long time to figure out what for to even do. In, yeah. for, I was just like, you're how, how did you get my number? Oh, my daughter gave it to me off your syllabus. Why, why isn't she calling me? I, I'm going to give her the extension, but why, why is, why are you calling? Oh, because I told her I'd take care of it. This is crazy. This is insane. Ah. What? what? Um, So we're, we're still seeing the reality of you get what you are. Now, as far as practical, like um, discipleship sorts of things, um, as somebody who was a youth worker, and then has stepped into college ministry, I, I find myself like, asking myself what what I could have been doing better on the other side of those tracks because I'll tell you that even in our most devout Jesus loving students their biblical literacy is terrible like really? it's straight in, in our most committed Christian kids biblical literacy is absolutely abysmal wow yeah and Really? And you, yeah, you're on a Christian college. Yeah. And so the assumption there, yep. And yep. it's an assumption, but yep. the assumption there is you're getting, you're getting students who are actively seeking out Christian culture because it's, it's where they want to be. It's where they want to, they want to feel immersed in that. Right. Sure. It could be sure. from their parents, but you know what I mean? Sure. And so sure. we're I also heavily that, athletic. So there's a lot of students okay. that are here so athletes, primarily yeah. to, to play a sport. And the the Christian side of it was I can put up with that as long as I can play. Kind mm, okay. Of. So, I've, so, I've, so when I say that it's so a ministry-rich yep. environment, oh, my gosh, yeah. But, yeah, it um, there were a lot of things I assumed before I came over and, and, and am involved in ministry here. I'm like, oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So what I hear you saying is as parents, we need to take a look at ourselves. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And yes. because who we are is, mm-hmm. is what we are reproducing in our, mm-hmm. in our children. Yes. And, and if, you know, if, if my prayer life is this way, then I can expect my kids prayer life to be that way. If, if, if the way I read the Bible and like how many times do they see mm-hmm. me reading the word at the table yeah, or right. this and that, that's right. because that will transfer onto them, right? The importance. And then it'll, it'll bleed over into their actions and that'll be 
right? The frequency in which they read scripture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh gosh, that, that, that causes me to look at myself and ask yeah. that question. Yeah. Of, and it, it is, connects the question about college students about fruit with yep. what we talked about earlier in the podcast, which is the consistency of the relationship and, and what am I doing to leverage? Like it, it, it connects that let I, I'm going to show you the fruit right now of what's happening or what's not happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Zach, before I let you go, yeah. uh, let me ask you one more question here. Sure. Uh, and, and this is more of a call to action, but what would you, what would you tell me as a parent that mm -hmm. I should start doing now or, or maybe continue doing in hopes that my student will carry out that behavior? Yeah. Um, in the context of, of college. Sure. So here's based on what I experience every day and, and I need, I want to be okay. clear because you know, they're college students of mine. They could go back and listen to this and be like, wow, he thinks we're dumb. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's out here shooting shots, man. Gosh, that would be terrible. <laughs> I, I absolutely love the students that I get the privilege of serving like that. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do here and to get to walk and do life with them. So there's not, I'm not speaking from a place of, uh, I don't want a different group of students. Uh, so I, I want to, I want to make sure that I, that I say that to okay. maybe undo anything that was heard before this. Um, right. But here's what I've observed um, as I'm in ministry here doing what I'm doing. And here's what I would say as a call to parents. And there's sort of what I've done is I'm, I'm seeing what's happening and I think if sometimes if the reverse of what's happening was happening, I think that would be the solution, if that makes sense. So here's what I would say. It does. I would encourage parents to let your kids take risks and get hurt. Let them take risks. Let them get really? hurt. Because right now, we're, we're they're risking too little. Again, lawnmower parents are quick to push things out of the way so they don't have to experience it. Let them take risks let them get hurt don't always swoop in my son is famous for forgetting things at home with the expectation that oh dad will leave work and go pick up the biology book or the the trumpet or whatever yeah, it is yeah yeah and and as a parent you kind of part of me is like yeah i would like I, but i've had to learn no i'm really sorry like you need to experience whatever the consequence is um yep. to the to your lack of responsibility in this issue. Um, and it's not going to be on me. It's going to be on you, but I'm going to bet that you're going to live your life in a different way to remember the trumpet next time. Yeah. After yeah, you yeah. experience. So, so I think that that's, uh, we, we have, we have to let our kids fail and we have to let them fall. We have to let them forget. We, we can't, mm. we can't be stopping those sorts of things that produce character. Um, yeah. and, and I think we're yeah, stopping yeah. character from being say. produced. Yep. Um, we need to quit exaggerating our praise for, for things that are expected of our kids anyway. Oh, oh, we, we are elaborate quit. on that. Sure. We rave too easily. My friend, listen, you did. And I experience this all the time with college students. So like I turned in my assignment. Good job. You're supposed to <laughs> You're like, supposed to. <laughs> that, that's what's supposed to happen like that's how the class works but they're so used to being yeah. praised for things that were expected of them 
um, that I, I think that what we're doing is we're creating people that don't know how to be resilient. Um, and, and I, I think that we have, we have to quit exaggerating our praise. Um, and then I think that this all sounds so negative, but I think that there are like major character things that this, um, that That this impacts. Yeah. I also think that we offer prizes too quickly. Like we we reward too frequently. Um, I think that we can love our kids. We can disciple our kids. Um, look, not everything needs a reward. Um, we don't need to give prizes for participation. I know those are like crazy things to hear on a podcast like this, but I'm telling you that I'm living and pastoring in the fruit of a generation yeah, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we have there, we, we have to undo some things we've done. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. I don't. And I appreciate you saying it. I appreciate you not, uh, slinking back and, and not saying it right. Cause again, the, well, that's what I wanted. I mean, you're yeah. you're on a campus. You're seeing yeah. students, right? You're seeing them once they've left my house. Mm-hmm. And, and I could sit here all day, wishful thinking, mm-hmm. but you're on that side saying, I wish your student was more resilient. Yeah. I yeah. wish your student had the ability yeah. to, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I wish that your student had the ability to just do the things that were required of them without needing a praise, right? I that's wish right. your student did this. That's right. And and it takes someone on that side to say those things. I mean, that's what the podcast is. Mm-hmm. Practical parent. Like that is that is just practical saying, yeah. hey, yeah. on this end, I'm seeing a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want your child, right, in yeah. that position, yeah. stop doing this or consider yeah. this. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate you saying it. Um, I see it. I see it in my own child, right? I'll be transparent. I see it in my own kid wanting, um, wanting a gold star for, you know, putting away their dish. And I'm like, well, you, your food was the, what, what was on that plate? That's you were right. the one that ate yeah. it. It's yeah. only fair that you put it in the, yes. like, yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. So yes. I, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, gosh, I think that's, that's our time. Cause I feel okay. like, um, with both of us, loving to talk and both of us being youth guys, we probably could talk forever. I'd love to have you back on again. I would be honored and, to come back anytime oh, you want perfect. me. This is, this is good. a lot of fun. Good, good. I hope I gave you something worth using. <laughs> you know, you did stop it. You definitely did. Um, all right, guys, thank you for joining us on uh, this week's episode of practical parenting. Um, man, one thing I would say to parents is, even for me, as I heard some of this, there's a part of you that wants to respond and be mm-hmm. like, what, what is he? Don't do that. Like, like, don't do that at a minimum. Listen to it once, no matter how you feel, take some time, pray about it, listen to it again and, and seek the Holy spirit because our kids are too important to let our feelings get in the way, to let our emotions get in the way, to even let our pride get in the way. Most people are listening to the podcast by themselves so you don't even need to be prideful. Just I, I would just say, man, especially in light of some of the hard truth that you've given us and listen to it once, no matter how you feel, good or bad, pray about it. Listen to it again and ask the Lord if that was for you. Zach, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate you speaking truth. And uh, I'm going to hold you to it, man. Hopefully we'll have it again. Yeah, I would All love right. to. Thank you. Yeah.